With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. Dias, Dias, Dias! Golazo! Golazo de Dias! Colombia va a ganar el tercer lugar! Luis Fernando Dias! So, Liverpool surprised everyone, including Spurs, with a dramatic late signing in the transfer window. Took it to the wire to make Luis Diaz a red. I'm Steve Hothersall. This is the Red Agenda with uh, Keeper O'Neill and Mark Carey, who's the uh, data guru for the Athletics. So, he'll put some stats on top of the new signing. So, uh, Diaz, Liverpool's new number 23. I think we're all pretty excited about this, Kiva. Absolutely, and I feel like it won't be long before he tries to get that number seven if James Milner eventually leaves Liverpool. But, I mean, you know, that remains to be seen, doesn't it? I think James Milner will be kicking about at Liverpool in another five years or something. Um, But, yeah, so exciting because, obviously, you know, the sort of sound coming out of the club and with everyone sort of connected and different sources and most people are saying, you know, Liverpool aren't going to do anything. It's more about maybe, you know, selling that Phillips and, and that kind of thing and maybe loaning out a couple of youngsters. Um, but that's about it, you know, nothing too exciting. And, um, you know, I think fans were sort of settled for that a little bit. And then out of the blue, here comes Luis Diaz. And, yeah, just very exciting signing. And, you know, we've all spent the weekend watching clips of him. Obviously, he's a left winger, but having watched quite a lot of him, I'm just like convinced he can play in the Firmino role and convinced he can play quite centrally. I'm also convinced that he's just like a hybrid of Mane, Salah, Jota, Firmino. When I was watching him, I was like, he's got all the qualities that all of them have, so surely he's going to be the next big thing. I'm convinced by it, and if he's not, I'll be very shocked because just watching even just the highlights of him against Liverpool, and I didn't really notice him playing for Porto that night at Anfield or even in the the other group stage game, but having watched it back, it's like, oh, so that was that lad who was running dead quick with the ball and wanting it to take past everyone. I think that's the most exciting thing he'll bring to Liverpool is that that dribbling and ingenuity, sort of Firmino-esque, and he just wants to do everything beautifully and he wants to just beat everyone, like playing on the street is, you know, that kind of vibe I got from him. So, yeah, just so exciting that, that Liverpool have signed him and, yeah, counting down the days till his debut. Just like Kiva said, one of the best things about a new signing, Mark, is going through the YouTube videos, isn't it? I bet you've scoured a few. Definitely have, yeah. And I, Kiva messaged me, and I think you since tweeted it, Kiva. He said that, you know, I've been looking at Diaz's video for five minutes and already I've said, like, oh my word about four or five times out loud, which uh, goes to show just how exciting he is. But uh, yeah, no, he's, he's a really exciting sign. I, I do actually remember him, you know, he did stand out in that Liverpool game, I think, for me sometimes because of just how much he was kind of willing to take the game to Liverpool when, let's have it right, like Liverpool did dominate possession, especially at Anfield in that Champions League game. And he looked to be the only one who kind of had that bit of a spark. And 
bit like Minamino when he you know did well against Liverpool. They think that anyone who looks half decent will uh, will go and poach them and get them, just like they did with Minamino. Yeah, so the attributes that he's bringing, I mean, Klopp's talked about him being um, sort of hungry for it, mentally right as well. He's a, he's a goal getter. Uh, he's someone who, could, who appears, Kiva, like he's just going to slot in straight away. Yeah, you'd imagine so. And I think the club have done the perfect thing almost in signing him. He's just turned 25 this month, I believe. And, you know, they've got him on, so he'll be here for the next, I think it's five and a half years. So obviously throughout the next five years he's going to hit his peak which is really exciting and also you know when you think of players like Salah for example who we thought his peak had come and gone and then this season he's turning up looking better than he ever has I think that's what always can can bode well for signings like this you know Diaz might take a little bit of time to adjust to Liverpool even though Porto I think play in a sort of similar way and have that kind of playing style similar to Liverpool which I think will help him but obviously the pressing is going to be just the demands and the intensity more will be needed from him in that department but obviously you know that's not his main job he's here to to score an assist for Liverpool and I think he's going to do that plenty of times and it's exciting thinking you know how young Jossa still is and now Diaz and you know you sort of look into the future when in the past few months you know there's been a lot of talk about Salah's contract maybe Mane's as well and you know a bit of worry among the fan base what comes next but obviously you know this is what comes next and they're here right now. So that's you know really good. Get them integrated into the squad. And I think he just seems like a player. I haven't watched so much of him over the weekend like all of us. <laughs> I'm convinced that he's just going to hit the ground running. It's almost a signal of, of the rebuild that you were talking about there, Kiva, saying when, when's it coming? Well, this is a, a big part of things. Right, from a data analyst perspective, and obviously yourself, Kiva, James, you've all written on him this weekend. What is it that you notice straight away, Mark, about Luis Diaz? Well, I mean, he's exactly as, as we know him to be. He's a wide forward, but he's a goal scorer, kind of as, as we alluded to. He's not a, obviously a, a central number nine, but he's the second highest goal scorer in the Portuguese league. The only person who'd scored more goals than him this season was Darwin Nunes of, uh, of Benfica, who's been scouted out and you know rumoured with, with clubs like Arsenal and, and Manchester City recently as well. So he scored 14 goals already this season. Diaz but I think the thing which I always like to do is look at the, the kind of the underlying numbers as well so he's, he's scoring at a rate or he scored in the in the Portuguese league at a rate of 0.5 goals per 90 so he's scoring at nearly a goal every game in a bit let's say which last season or the last two seasons he was scoring at about one in three so it shows that he's just had a, a real kind of increase in his goal scoring rate now I always think instantly is that because he's you know hit a purple patch anyone can I say anyone, but it's, it's possible for, for forwards to, to hit a really good bit of form and look like a world beater across half a season. And then, you know, across the rest of that season, they might drop off or the following season, they might not match it quite as much. Now, this is why I looked at the underlying numbers of his, his non-penalty expected goals. So looking at the quality of chances that he's getting himself in, which is a bit more of a, an indication of how sustainable a, a player's goal scoring can be. So if they're getting similar chances, but they're significantly overperforming in the short term, then you think, okay, well, that's going to drop back to sort of normal levels, a normal rate. But his expected goals, so the quality of chances that he's getting, has also doubled in quality in terms of compared with the last two seasons. So it shows that he's he's actually getting into really good goal-scoring areas and converting them as well. So it's not simply that he's just you know scoring from 40 yards and that's not very sustainable. It looks to me, and I know it's obviously in the Portuguese league, but it looks to me like the quality of chances that he's getting and create for himself 
looks to be sustainable, which is the good news, rather than him just simply you know, overperforming in a short space of time. Is there any concern at all about the the league level? You, you mentioned the Portuguese league there, Mark. Uh, from there, Kiva over to the Premier League, adaptable straight away. I mean, as you say, we saw him against Liverpool. He's a Colombian international. Surely he's got all the qualities necessary. Yeah, I don't think it's a concern, really. You have to look at the player and what he's doing and the goals and assists he's scored and created this season. I mean, a lot of people I chatted to on Friday about him were saying, you know, he's highly regarded as, you know, the, the best player in that league. So if Liverpool have bought the best player in one of Europe's top leagues, then he's bound to be a good player and settle in. In the Premier League, obviously, you know, that'll maybe take a little bit of time, which it does more often than not for a lot of players that, that Jürgen Klopp sign. You only have to look at, say, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain or someone like that and how long it took Klopp to sort of put him into the squad, even Fabinho and, and those kinds of players, you know. It doesn't just happen overnight and we may get that little bit of a, you know, time in training and, you know, we're waiting for his debut and that wouldn't shock me at all. But again, he does have him watch him seem like a player you could just drop into the mix and, and he'll do fine. I think he's got that strong mentality, you know, his, his background, if you read up on that, where he's come from in Colombia and what he's overcome to, to get here. Um, you know, he, he's definitely, that's his strongest asset almost, you know, other than he's a fantastic footballer, loves to nutmeg players. Um, you know, he's got that mentality of, of coming from nothing and, you know, making something of himself. And he's, yeah, I'm just so excited for him to, to be at Liverpool. And what an amazing achievement it is for him to come all that way. And, you know, to get to this point must just be amazing. And, I mean, he he just sort of gives off the energy like, yeah, this is the next step. Like, I'm ready for it. And, you know, I'm looking forward to interviews because I think he'll say the exact same. And, yeah, I think he'll be the first Colombian player to play for Liverpool to make an appearance, that is. So, yeah, really exciting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What makes all this more intriguing is the story of the signing, isn't it, Mark? And the fact that Tottenham had him very much at the top of their list as well. Uh, they they already had negotiations ongoing with, with Porto, just the structure of that deal to be ironed out. But at the same time, Liverpool always had him there in their sights. Yeah, and you know, any signing for Liverpool, the the recruitment team and all of the data team around it, they look at these players and they scout they scout these players for. For years, it's not just you know. I was saying about that half a season that he's been doing so so well. I mean, he will no doubt been on Liverpool's radar for a number of years. So that much is true, which is you know encouraging. And I think the the Tottenham thing is always just. I think from a fan's perspective, it just gives you that little bit extra satisfaction to know that they've maybe stolen them away from someone else. But 
yeah, I think with, with Tottenham, I, I don't want to say that they're not exactly a, a direct rival, but it's it's always good to know that there's a, another Premier League, a top Premier League side who's also looking at that player. It shows that they obviously are a good player. And yeah, I don't know whether that sort of fast-tracked it a little bit for Liverpool, because I think there was, from what I understood, I think Liverpool were maybe going to try and get him in more for the summer. But the price that they've got him for, I think, is is fantastic for the, for the age, for the profile that he's at. You'd think that a player kind of in that mould given today's kind of modern market would be more in the region of 70 maybe 80 million just simply because of the way that you know football's gone especially in the premier league the the prices for players and i think that it's more in the region of 50 million which again fsg's model in the profile of player but also doing really good business um i think julian ward was was quite key in the the signing of this one they pulled off another coup i think a really good signing but also a really good price at a really good age I'm reading a lot saying that Daniel Levy was incensed by all this because Liverpool had come in secretively, Kiva. But, you know, let, let's face it, from the very top of Liverpool, John W. Henry, uh, Mike Gordon, they, they were central. They were critical to this move. They, they'd be applauding their scouting team, wouldn't they, and Julian Ward? Yeah, well, um, Liverpool have been scouting Diaz for over three years since his time in Colombia with Atletico Junior. And, you know, they've been building up that profile since then. Obviously, then he arrived at Porto and they were able to keep a, a close watch on him with the scouts based in Europe. And it just felt like an opportunity, this, for Liverpool to pounce. He was one of the, the players they wanted to sign more than anyone else, very top of the list. And obviously, with, with Tottenham making that move, you know, Liverpool were all, almost their hand was forced to say, well, if we don't go now, he's going to go to Tottenham. We're going to be, you know, watching him there. And then if you do want him in a couple of seasons, he's probably going to cost double if, you know, he does kick on and, and do what we think he'll do and, and dominate from the top level, from the scouts who recommended him and the scouts who've, you know, put together that profile right up to the top. And obviously, Jürgen knows what he wants. We, we know that. And he's got what he wants. So I think fans will be made up with that because as much as I think there's talk all the time isn't the transfers when are we signing players and all this stuff they've signed a player now so I guess that sort of answers that yeah I mean the, the last player we signed was Canarte in the summer it feels very long ago doesn't it that that happened so yeah to, to get someone else in the door and someone who's just so exciting I think because you know last summer we were all talking about that need to maybe replace Ginny Wijnaldum which I think Liverpool probably looking now did need to do and then obviously bring in maybe another attacking player, a forward of some sort. And, you know, obviously I think they were leaving it till next summer, like the summer coming now, but obviously, you know, they've snuck in the back door and and signed Diaz. And I think Tottenham fans are going to watch him at Liverpool and be very, very disgruntled about, you know, (laughs) that happening. And it also happened with Adama Traore, didn't it, with them? I think they were sort of looking to sign him and then Barcelona happened. And so not the best week if you're a Spurs fan, I don't think. But obviously Liverpool fans, very excited, you know, having made that signing in the way it happened. Just we all woke up on Friday morning and there it was. So... I've said the word exciting quite a lot this podcast, but it just feels like but, but you are. that's the mood, isn't it? And it's nice to feel that way. I'm being told that Klopp spoke to him personally on, on FaceTime. I'm presuming no players turning down Klopp, are they, Kiva, once, once he's FaceTimed you? No, I don't think so. And I think he's very convincing that, you know, he'd probably set out what he, you know, what he thinks of the player and just tell him, you know, I've admired you and we've been watching you and that kind of stuff. And, you know, Diaz was probably blown away thinking, you know, Jürgen Klopp wants me that's amazing and you know he probably 
did have to weigh it up himself with obviously Tottenham in and you know probably other clubs had tracked him and were maybe interested as well but you know Liverpool pulled the trigger on this one and I think when you, you FaceTime and Klopp you know whatever went on there was probably one of the factors that which contributed to Diaz wanting to sign wanting to play for Klopp because that's what players want, don't they? They want to play for Liverpool, this great club with this great history, but for Liverpool now with, you know, one of the greatest managers in the club's history. I know you said it was a decent price, Mark, but he is the fourth most expensive player for the Reds, you know, in the entire history of the, the football club. So there is a certain weight that comes with that as well for him. Yeah, true. I suppose, yeah, to kind of caveat what I was saying, I suppose it's more that in the modern market, across the whole mm. of the Premier League, it's kind of, you have to kind of keep up or or fall behind but I can't imagine that you know he'd be too worried about that you know that sometimes the the price for a certain player can sort of weigh heavy on them I suppose he's got the number 23 and already I think I've seen Robbie Fowler and uh, Jamie Carragher always you know saying on Twitter I think they've said you know, no pressure or they've said you know a great number but there's you know maybe more of the pressure of the number more so than the the price tag but uh, I think it's more just representative and you know indicative of just the the modern market but as you say, Liverpool aren't the type of, of club to splash around 100 million on a certain player. So it, you know, it is a big investment. But I think it comes back to what we said before and, and what Kiva said of he's a player for the long term as well. It's not someone who's 28, get him in for that price and just hope that he hits the ground running. There is time if he doesn't hit the ground running, which I, I think he will. But having just turned 25 uh, for the price he's at, typical of a, a sort of an FSG Jurgen Klopp signing of someone who's still about to hit their peak. I think it is a really good price. Yeah, and if Porto weren't in such a financial mess as as they currently are, I would imagine they might have put put up more of a a struggle in keeping the player mark. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point as well. And I think it comes back to the, to what you said before about the uh, you know the quality of the league that certain players and certain clubs who are just maybe below that bracket kind of know that their best players are going to be scouted around by especially the Premier League, but other maybe Bundesliga or La Liga as well, that they just kind of know, a bit like Liverpool have had in the past, unfortunately, of knowing that there's that certain players maybe always got an eye on, in Liverpool's case, Barcelona or maybe Real Madrid, that I think clubs know that if you do really well for them in the, the short term or the medium term, there's going to be the top clubs who are who are sniffing around them. And I think that when Kiva said before about that, that jump from, from the Portuguese league to to the Premier League, it's it's so dependent on the player as well because one that came to mind for me was when Luis Suarez came from from Ajax to Liverpool. There's always that kind of that similar bracket of of league of you know the Eredivisie. It's a little bit slower. It's a little bit less physical. Can a player make the jump? And when you're as good of a player, um, that that jumps no issue because you you know you're that good in terms of the quality. So yes, you take the league into account, but it's all about the player and. You know, we know how strong Diaz has been. We know how good Luis Suarez was in that jump as well. So it's it's a little bit kind of a horses for courses, I think. The only Colombian that we've had of note in the Premier League was um, James Rodriguez across the park, and that that didn't last too long and wasn't exactly successful. Kiva, um, was it this? This could have the nation of Colombia absolutely. I don't know, supporting Liverpool en masse. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, having watched James Rodriguez at Everton last season and just the excitement from Colombia about him was incredible to watch, um, just on play out on social media. And I do still think it was a shame that Everton fans weren't in the ground to, to watch James play for, for Everton because, you know, there were some moments which justified 
football logic, didn't it? Some moments of just pure quality. Obviously, we know the way it ended and didn't quite work out the way you know fans would have liked, and the way he left and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's very exciting, Luis Diaz, and you know the feeling is from Colombia as well that he is the player who is sort of the the main guy now at the national setup. Is he their superstar? I think so. I think his arrival sort of happened at the Cup of America last summer and I think he scored four goals in that competition, just lit it up. There was a um, a goal against Argentina, which stood out. I mean, all, all four of his goals are pretty pretty beautiful and I think that was the moment as well when Liverpool and Tottenham and other clubs were sort of alerted to his step up in quality it was like okay we've been tracking this player he's just really arrived now he's he's been showing you know good signs but he is sort of the moment when it was like right he really sort of stood out and I think that's when you know clubs were like keen and sort of really getting him in Obviously, this season, as he sort of continued that, just the half season with Porto and stepped up a lot. Because, I mean, if you compare his numbers to last season at Porto, they're just, you know, they've they've risen incredibly. Because there was, I think, worry. I think that's known that when he signed at Porto, I don't think he was their sort of first choice almost. And, you know, he signed for them and there was sort of a bit of maybe concern whether, you know, he was the right fit and that kind of thing. And I think he did struggle at, at first. But then he just, you know, as we know, his rise has been incredible since then. And I think it will be at Liverpool. I'm just convinced by it. And if it's not, I, you know, hold my hands up and say it. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm convinced he's a, he's just going to, yeah, he's going to be amazing. You have said exciting a million times. I actually, actually forgot, they they still have Yerry Mina over the park, don't they? So maybe he's, he's good mates with him. That might help him, help him settle down. Um, is it time, Mark, for... Maybe a Divock Origi to leave the, the club. Six months left on, on the contract. Um, you're looking at a couple of players there. But specifically for Divock, does this signing almost edge him completely out? Possibly, yeah. I think it hasn't helped that he's had a bit of an injury problem, hasn't he, recently? Of almost, it would be good if his stock was kind of high, having scored you know a few goals fairly recently and if, then maybe more clubs kind of sniffing around. But yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's... You know, again, true of the the FSG model of kind of buying and selling at similar sort of times rather than just kind of endlessly uh, splashing the cash a little bit. And yeah, given how, as Kiva said before, with the, you know, Jota and anyone across the Liverpool's front line, maybe bar Origi, Minamino is obviously quite versatile as well. But having that um, Diaz who could play maybe a bit more centrally, he's, he's played it far more off the left, obviously, for Porto. But that versatility maybe suggests that you know, he could play more more centrally and is there a, a role for Origi? It's a tough one. I don't want to say it because obviously Origi is such a, a cult hero. But I think that for his own career, I think he's not exactly, you know, really, he's not beyond his peak himself. And it just looks like, I think Klopp said as much, that he should, given his quality, he should go out and just have regular first team football. So I think for, for his sake, as much as anything, um, I think it would maybe be a wise choice. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn, so it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot. Probably. 
In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Right, what's happening on the wider transfer window? There, we're, we're recording this at eight o'clock in the morning on transfer deadline day. Kiva's there in London, keeping tabs on everything. I know you've written on Fabio Carvalho, uh, the Fulham player, the young lad who Liverpool are they close to getting that one over the line now? But maybe him not arriving straight away. Well, the Athletic reported yesterday that Liverpool made a bid um, for Fabio Carvalho. I think in the region of five million. So talks are ongoing currently. I mean, obviously this podcast will go out, and he could have well have signed for Liverpool, or he could well have stayed put at Fulham. One of the options on the table, and to my knowledge, is being discussed, is that you know Liverpool could sign him now, and then he'll be loaned back to Fulham, who are obviously you know pushing for promotion to the Premier League, and you know he's one of their star players at just nineteen. So that could be something that happens potentially. Uh, Fulham didn't want to lose them at all and wanted them to sign a new contract. You know they're very committed to to that and and want them to stay at the club. But I think you know it, it does look like he will leave Fulham and whether that's you know this uh, this month as in today or whether it's uh, further down the line when his contract's up in the summer. Obviously, if his contract's up in the summer, then there'll be a lot more clubs fighting for him then because he'll be going on a free. Obviously, I think with uh, maybe compensation to pay uh, Fulham because obviously he's come through their youth ranks there so it's going to be interesting to see sort of how the day plays out in terms of that obviously we know as I've said talks are ongoing and whether you know Liverpool are, are able to get a deal over the line will be I think another massive coup because he's a player who's like we're sort of almost talking about Luis Diaz and Jota as the future now and he's the future future if you can sort of say that so yeah he's a very exciting forward and I think someone who you know I think that would work out if he got loaned out back to Fulham and then come to Liverpool in the summer because you know be able to wrap up his time there with maybe you know winning promotion to the Premier League things would end end well and because um, in the all likelihood he's not going to be playing for Liverpool you wouldn't imagine even though he's absolutely bossing it at the championship um, so that kind of would suit all parties I think but still a lot to discuss and a lot on the table and we have to say a lot of other clubs interested in him who isn't interested across Europe Barcelona will one mentioned to me and a lot more so you know I think it's integral Liverpool wrap up a deal today for him um, because come the summer everyone's going to be fighting for him on the pod last week, uh, we were talking myself and James Mark about the fact of you know what, when is the squad going to be refreshed? How are we going to feel confident about the future? We mentioned it previously when we were talking. Do you think Liverpool fans at large will now feel just a little bit more comfortable with the idea that there we go, Diaz, player in his mid twenties, being brought in, maybe Carvalho, young player, Harvey Elliott. All of a sudden, there is the signs of the base that's needed for the next generation of this team. Yeah, I think so, because you can almost get kind of scaremongered into the, the narrative as well with Mane turning 30, I think, in April. Salah's very close to that as well. Firmino, obviously, as well. That The narrative can be kind of, yeah, feeling fearful that the front three are going to, you know, 
they're aging and aging quickly in some people's minds. But um, no need to worry because there's across the whole of the team, never mind just the, the midfield and the, the forward line, there's a lot of players with still a lot of opportunity to, to reach their peak and have their best season. As Kiva said, Salah's doing it now in a season at an age where we think that he might be over his peak. He's certainly not. Yeah, I, I definitely say so. And obviously Curtis Jones doing so, so well. The defensive line, Kanate, so, so young. Keller. Um, there's Keller, exactly, yeah, as yeah, a, a backup to that. That obviously uh, fullback areas as well that you've got so many players who are just on the cusp of reaching their peak as well that it seems like this regeneration is certainly in full flow this just makes good business sense to do all this now and and have someone in the mold of Carvalho where it's kind of like the, the Minamino signing in the sense not because of age per se but in the sense that it's it's very low risk in that you know even if he does come in plays okay for, for a short amount of time he's got time on his side but it's not someone who's come in and expected if he does come in expected to uh, to hit the ground running there's, there's plenty of time with him um, and it's low risk at the price that he's at as well Right, don't forget you can keep across uh, everything regarding transfers, the stories that matter on The Athletic. Uh, while we're talking about young players let's go to the, the quite disturbing story of the Youth Cup Liverpool against Chelsea Saturday night at the Academy. I was presenting this one for LFC TV and I literally could not believe my eyes um, what I saw. You rarely see a team lose from 3-0 up. That's exactly what happened to a Liverpool side, including Cade Gordon and the likes of Oakley Cannoneer. Did you see this, Kiva? It was it was scarcely believable because they bossed it in the first half. 3-0 up by, what, 50-odd minutes? Yeah, I wasn't at the academy on Saturday. I went to watch Tramier against Forest Green. You know, League Two title <laughs> clash yes. on the line. Um, so I was there with with my nephew and, and brother-in-law and at a packed out Prem Park. It was a, a good day, but they got beat four 0 So not the best results. So I didn't go to the academy and check the score and was like, oh, 3-0 sounds like the cruising, brilliant, Gordon, Bobby Clark, everyone's having fun, this is great. And then just didn't check the score till after the game and was like, 4-3, what the hell has happened here? So it sounded like just a bit of a nightmare from Liverpool and obviously Chelsea scored the last goal in like the 95th minute or whatever to complete the comeback, which is just devastating really because you think, you know, that was um, for a was that for a place in the quarterfinals? The quarters, mm. yeah. So, you know, you would have likely thought that Liverpool would then make it to the semis and it would be another good Youth Cup run to follow, you know, getting to the final twice in, in recent seasons, obviously winning it um, not so long ago. So, yeah, just devastating for them because those young players need games, so that was just another game for them. But I think they'll learn a lot from throwing away that lead obviously you'd be, be able maybe to speak more about it Steve having been there and just watched the horror unfold just unbelievable I mean Oakley Cannon here brilliant with the goal he scored Kay Gordon didn't really have that much role in the first half but then he scored a great a great second goal for them and they were fantastic in the first half but I think they just made too many changes in the second and uh, Mark Bridge Wilkinson the, the under 18s manager he'll have learned a lot about his players from it I suppose the only positive you can take from it Mark is that if you're going to lose like that in your career get it out of the way at the, at the youth setup time yeah I was going to say that as Kiva said they need you know these sorts of players need more minutes but ultimately which I know Liverpool are big on that they also need more experience and in a yeah as you say in like a twisted way that is a really big experience that they can draw upon now for for the rest of their career to say well you know we we've all been in a game where we've been three nil up been cruising as you say and you know we've got evidence that we can still lose the game so let's not make you know try and make sure that this doesn't happen again so yeah in a, in a twisted way you can try and think that put it down to experience 
and make sure it doesn't happen again at the team level, but also from an individual perspective, don't let your own levels drop because it can happen. These things can happen. Looked absolutely shell-shocked afterwards. Have to say Chelsea, brilliant as well. Game of two halves. Uh, just want to finish on a piece that Kiva's written about the origin of the Diogo Jota song, which I found really interesting because, again, we talked about this on the podcast. I couldn't get the words into my head. I don't know whether people are still trying to learn them. Um, just give us a brief summary. It came from a far afield, didn't it? Uh, I thought you was going to ask me to sing it there, Stephen. I was going to politely no. decline, even we though... We tried that with James. He was awful. Yeah, yeah, even though it has been ringing around my head after doing that piece last week. Yeah, so basically a group of fans who I chatted to a couple of them and they didn't want to be, you know, didn't want to go on record almost. They wanted to stay anonymous, which I quite respect. They just want to, you know, give the song to the fans and have a good time singing it and, and not sort of be like these heroes who've, you know, written this... Uh, great new ballad for the cop so full respect to them there um so one of the lads basically in the group um sent a message i think over snapchat they've got like a group chat on on snapchat and he just sent these sort of lyrics through or whether it was a voice note of him um you know singing the song and then they were all like yeah we like this so they then sort of played around with the lyrics a little bit and eventually it sort of culminated in a trip to Milan to watch Liverpool against AC Milan, where I think, you know, they, they went to an Irish bar called Mulligan's um, after the game, which is, you know, a short distance from the stadium. And that's where it really got going for the, the first time, you know, away from them singing it, you know, themselves. Um, you know, all the Liverpool fans were in there and started singing it with them. And then it was, I think, quietly, quietly sang at, at Anfield for the Leicester game and away at Leicester for that 1-0 defeat and um, the Chelsea game as well it was heard that and then obviously um, I think on the way to Tottenham on the coach a video went a little bit viral so that's when it was you know starting to sort of do the rounds on on social media and then obviously we know it to to have um, kicked off in, in the away end at the Emirates and then obviously at Selhurst Park it really really took off you know with the whole away end singing it so um, its origins are, are based in Argentina from the 2014 World Cup when they got to the final the song that sort of guided them there was was the song um, I think Ignacio Haraka I think I might be right in saying just thought it up in the shower to uh, Bad Moon Rising to the tune of that so yeah, now Liverpool have adopted it. They did used to have it for Colin Pascoe, but obviously I think Diogo Jota might have more success at you know, it being chanted every week by the fans. You can read all the words, you can learn all the words even on the from the piece that Kiva's written. It's, it's well worth checking out. It certainly clued me into something I never knew before. Uh, Mark, thank you very much indeed. All his stats and his contribution to the piece on uh, Luis Diaz on The Athletic now. And of course, Kiva's keeping tabs on everything that's happening with the Reds on the transfer window, including that, uh, that possible deal for Fabio Carvalho. Thanks to the guys. Thanks for listening to the Red Agenda as well. And it's back at the end of the week. See you then. <laughs>